Tom was older, Judith took a job doing light bookkeeping for a local business and joined a running team through the church to train for marathons. This active lifestyle stood in stark contrast to that of Judith's own mother, a woman who toward the end of her life was so ravaged from raising nine children, so drained from the constant physical demands of being a farmer's wife, that some days she was too depressed to even speak. Though Judith had to admit, she had herself been a somewhat typical woman in those early years. Embarrassingly, she was one of those girls who had gone to college specifically to find a husband. She had grown up near Scranton, Pennsylvania, in a town so small it didn't merit a dot on the map. The only men available to her were farmers, and they were hardly interested in Judith. Judith could not blame them. The mirror told no lies. She was a bit too plump, a bit too buck-toothed, and a bit too much of everything else to be the sort of woman Scranton men took for a wife. And then there was her father, a stern disciplinarian whom no sane man would seek out for a father-in-law, at least not in exchange for a buck-toothed, pear-shaped girl who had no natural talent for farming. The truth was that Judith had always been the odd one in the family, the one who didn't quite fit in. She read too much. She hated farm work. Even as a young girl, she was not drawn to animals and did not want to be responsible for their care and feeding. None of her sisters and brothers had been sent away for higher education. There were two brothers who had dropped out of ninth grade, and an older sister who had married rather quickly and given birth to her first child seven months later. Not that anyone bothered to do the math. Enveloped in a constant state of denial, her mother had remarked to her dying day that her first grandchild had always been big-boned even as an infant. Thankfully, Judith's father had seen the writing on the wall so far as his middle girl was concerned. There would be no marriage of convenience with any of the local boys, not least of all because none of them found her remotely convenient. Bible college, he decided, was not just Judith's last, but her only chance. At the age of six, Judith had been struck in the eye by a flying piece of debris as she chased after the tractor. From that moment on, she'd always worn glasses. People assumed she was cerebral because of the glasses, when in fact the opposite was true. Yes, she loved to read, but her tastes ran more toward trashy dime novel than literary. Still, the egghead label had stuck. What was it they used to say? Men don't make passes at women who wear glasses. So, it was surprising. No, more like shocking when on Judith's first day of college in her first class, the teaching assistant had winked at her. She had thought something was in his eye, but there was no mistaking Henry Coldfield's intentions when, after class, he pulled her aside and asked her if she'd like to go down to the drugstore and have a soda with him. The wink, apparently was the beginning and end of his gregariousness. Henry was a very shy man in person, strange, considering he later became the top salesman for a liquor distribution company, a job he passionately despised even three years past retirement. Judith supposed Henry's ability to blend had come from being the son of an army colonel, moving around the country so often, never staying at one base more than a few years at a time. There was no passionate love at first sight. That came later. Initially, Judith had simply been attracted to the fact that Henry was attracted to her. 
It was a novelty for the pair from Scranton, but Judith had always been at the opposite spectrum of Marx's philosophy. Groucho, not Carl. She was more than willing to join any club that would have her as a member. Henry was a club unto himself. He was neither handsome nor ugly, forward nor reticent. With his neatly parted hair and flat accent, average would be the best way to describe him, which Judith later did in a letter to her older sister. Rosa's response had been something along the lines of, Well, I suppose that's the best you can hope for. In her defense, Rosa was pregnant at the time with her third child while her second was still in diapers. But still, Judith had never forgiven her sister for the slight, not against herself, but against Henry. If Rosa failed to notice how special Henry was, it was because Judith was a poor writer.